Danielle Folk. I'm a wife, mother, sister, daughter, as well as a steward to a 186-year-old farmhouse. I've returned with my family to the country and have found value in the stories of the lives that came before us in this old house. And because of their story and the experiences out here in the middle, I now have a better sense of the value in a life that seeks a meaningful story and who is willing to be shaped by it. Want to become rooted in living your best life? Well, hop in the car, lace up those shoes, start that load of laundry, do whatever it is you need to do, and get ready for a quick trip into the country where I'll share stories of homesteading life and restoration. Together, we'll dig into topics that will lead you to reflect, rethink, and become more rooted in who you are today. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Grounded in the Middle. And thanks for joining me here on the front porch of our 1837 farmhouse out here in the middle. And today I'm not alone. I am joined with Elizabeth Finkelstein and she you may know her as the one of the parts behind Cheap Old Houses. You have quite a following and on Instagram and elsewhere. But uh, for those of the listeners that aren't familiar with you and with Cheap Old Houses, could you share a little bit about who you are and, and why you have or how you found this love for old houses? Wow. Yes. I guess I'm a person on a mission to make home ownership accessible to everybody. Um, and, and, and while doing that, um, preserve historical homes and allow people to live in homes that have character that are expressive of their personality um, and that feel non-disposable like so many things in society do today. Um, I mean, old houses are in my blood. I grew up in a cheap old house that my parents restored. It was an 1850s Greek revival. I absolutely 100% credit my parents and that house for making me love old houses. I mean, I think it was the perfect example of growing up in a restoration project that not only didn't turn me off to it, but actually made me feel like there's no other way to live <laughs> than in a constant source of projects, um, you know, ex creative expression for my parents. And as a child growing up in an old house, it was just pure magic to be able to hide in those nooks and crannies. And it's like just fuel for a child's imagination. And, um, you know, I eventually went off and got a master's degree in historic preservation, which was nice, but I learned everything I needed to know about the magic of old houses when I was a little girl growing up in one. And I, and I believe that old houses can speak to everyone and you don't need to know all the fancy terminology to <laughs> fall in love with one and restore one. So I, I want to kind of hover over that a little bit. When you decided to go to school for historic preservation with that degree? Well, I didn't even know you could get a degree in historic preservation until I just started leaning deeply into it. I I studied abroad in Italy and I oh and I, and I did an interior design program there. And for some reason I thought since I was in Italy that it would be a lot more about the historical buildings and it was very focused on sort of modern design. And I'm like, this is just not what I want. And I just started thinking about, I'm, I'm just so interested in history. And, and then I found out that you could actually get a degree in historic preservation. It's not something that a lot of schools offer, 
but um, a very few do. And once I found that out, I was like, oh my gosh, this just, I just feel like this speaks to me so much. You know, I was living in New York City at the time and the options for working in historic preservation there, um, at least the side that I wanted to do, which was not necessarily at that time, although I've come to love this, not necessarily the hands-on restoration part, but I loved the research. I loved digging into the histories of these homes and I worked tightly with the the landmarks preservation commission which is sort of like the branch of government there that regulates uh changes to historical buildings and i worked for an organization in greenwich village the greenwich village society for historic preservation which would survey entire neighborhoods and dig up the histories of all the houses to present them as possible historic districts so i learned a lot about how to research houses. And I just completely fell in love with that. I mean, honestly, if it weren't for my husband, Ethan, who is so forward thinking, I'd probably be still sitting in a dusty library doing that kind of stuff because I just love it. Well, I think it's really neat that you took, you took all of those and you found a way to lean into it but also grow it into something that others can find an appreciation for through cheap old houses. But what I think also you and I have in common is that we both grew up in old houses. However, I left in college saying I would never live in one ever again because it was too much work. And, and here I am eating my words, which is fine. I'll admit that I am absolutely in love and now can appreciate all the work and time and and reflect on what my parents did for us, what they instilled. Because like your parents, my parents were back in the early 80s, you know, watching this old house and they were restoring their home, something that really wasn't on the map. It wasn't on TV aside really for you've got your Bob Vila and you've got your this old house. But but also the history part of it is what I really appreciate and what you appreciate in these old homes. And it's not so much just saving them, but also sharing the story if there's a story to be told. You talked about how Ethan, your husband, kind of helped you push your passion and your love forward a little bit. Ethan and I are partners in this business. I... I'm the one who has studied historic preservation, although Ethan is an old soul just like me and has old houses in his life that have really shaped him. So we both have the love. I think I have more of the sort of like academic background in it. But Ethan is an expert at taking something and spinning it into something that everybody can sort of latch onto, which is an amazing skill. It's a digital design agency. Um, and was focused for a very long time on beauty companies um, in New York City, because that's where <laughs> that's, you know, beauty is a huge industry there. Um, and, and he still runs that agency, but he, but he was able to sort of look outside the bubble of preservation and how the old house world was trying to market itself and be like, well, what are other industries doing that's working? Took that and then just made it about old houses. And so I think it's really helpful to step outside the world you're in and look at how other people are successfully doing what they do because there's a lot to learn. And I feel like preservation is a field that is desperate for some sort of innovation and some sort of shakeup. Um, and I feel very, very grateful that I've been able to make a little dent in that. <laughs> <laughs> 
I would say that you've made a really big dent in it. And, and I think it's one of those things that being able to bring people into something that maybe they didn't realize that they would have an interest for, or for me, I would say it's nice to know there's a tribe that I'm not alone, especially when we have a moment or a project that is so infuriating. We can say, oh, we're not the only ones, or we're not the only ones that are still working on our house. There's a greater mission. It's trying to save these early American homes. And as they start to meet their demise, we have several in a community near us. They're they're preserving and saving, but they're also making room for improvements. And, and it's one of those things, once these homes are gone, their stories are gone, they're no longer there for us to be reminded of what came before us. And, and I think that's something that is important to others as well. So I want to chat about your farmhouse though. You are in the midst of saving and restoring and bringing to life your own farmhouse. Can you share a little bit what it's like to be on the other side as a homeowner? It's the most rewarding thing I can, we, well, second to maybe having my son, <laughs> the most amazing. And, and in a way our farmhouse is like our other child. Um, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you see the, you see that kind of every time you fix something or you put something back that was removed. It's this amazing feeling of just appreciation um, and and accomplishment. So I, I was honestly surprised the first time someone wrote to me and said, I bought a house off your Instagram feed. I was like, wait, what? I was so excited. I just didn't understand the power that it could have. I certainly did not start cheap old houses thinking this was ever going to be a business. This was just like a side Instagram feed where I would throw these homes that people would send me where, you know, the realtor was going to make a, and I promise I'll get back to the farmhouse in a second, but the, realtor, you're fine. the realtor was going to make like a $300 commission on this, like very, you know, like the house that was $15,000, but so they didn't hire a professional photographer. So then you kind of see this blurry photo of this, like, art deco bathroom. And you're like, oh my gosh, someone needs to see this. No one's ever going to notice this or appreciate it. And I need to throw this out to people who would appreciate it. So I started cheap old houses just to get those houses seen. I never thought it would spin into its own business or that it would become what it is. And, um, in, so, so when people started actually buying these homes and then they would start Instagram feeds, it was incredibly inspiring to Ethan and me it's like our audience inspired us back. Um, we were we were living uh, outside of New York City and we weren't paying New York City prices, but we were paying New York City suburb prices, which aren't much better. And um, we just felt like, just like stuck in the rat race, like so many people do. And I would see these people buying these homes and loving it and finding themselves through it. And we just felt like we were being inspired by our own audience. And this house came up for sale and it's kind of funny. I saw it. Um, I absolutely love the area that it's in. I saw it and I thought, you know, it's not good enough to post on our feed because it was gutted. It had unfortunately had been through the ringer. The exterior was intact, but the interior looked terrible. I mean, it was like either had no walls at all or just hacked drywall with pink insulation coming out. It was a complete mess. And it was, it was too far gone for what we would even consider buying. Well, fast forward a few weeks and 
uh, Ethan took our son Everett camping for the weekend and I was with my mom and she lives not far from this house. And we were like, we're bored. Let's go look at this house. And as soon as I walked on the property, I was like, uh oh, we're in trouble. <laughs> I just, I think that there are things, and you probably know this too about old houses. Pictures can only do so much. When you walk into a space, even if it's been gutted, even like you just feel something different. There is a soul to these homes. And I felt it immediately and the land was beautiful. And, oh, I just, I just fell in love with it. And I said to Ethan, oh no, this is going to be bad. And so we bought the house. We found out later that we were bidding against. So there was one other person that wanted the house and they had an escalator clause in their uh, offer, which I didn't even know exists. An escalator clause is when you say like, I will bid a hundred thousand dollars above who, whoever is bidding against me. I didn't even okay. know that thing, but they had a contingency in their bid apparently or they wanted to know like something about the house like if it had septic or radon and everything and we had no contingencies so even though our offer was a little bit less it got accepted and we found out later that those people were may or may not like maybe going to keep the house maybe not and so we feel really fortunate that um the house got in our hands since the house had been gutted um we have been spending the last three years, which we just calculated yesterday. And we were like, oh my gosh, it doesn't even have walls yet, but we've been putting it back. So the internal chimneys were taken out. We just rebuilt them back. Um, we have salvaged period mantles. We are putting the central staircase back. We opened up the center hall again. So we are trying to do a very, um, a very authentic period restoration of this house. And every time a new thing goes in, it's like, oh, it's, I just, I feel like it's stepped back in time and it just feels right. It's well, really and it's, it's nice that this house has uh, chosen you since with your background, you can put it back together. And I think I just recently saw on your feed, you had found, was it a building cabinet? Was it a corner cabinet? Yeah. So that, so we found this beautiful federal period. So the house is the house is of the federal period, but went through a Greek revival uh, renovation early in its life, maybe 40, 50 years after it was built. So it reads very Greek revival from the outside, but the inside we're trying to kind of make a mix of federal and Greek revival. And we found this beautiful hand carved like shell corner cabinet that someone was selling on Facebook marketplace that we went and picked up to put in the parlor. And uh, I mean, we're, we're fortunate with this house because it, it, we can take our time with it because we aren't living there right now. We live close by, but our goal with that house, this is our passion project. And so this is like where we throw all of our money. And it's like, this is just, we want to do this right. We want to do this slow. Um, like recently. How do you manage with cheap old houses, with renovating your home? You guys have a book that's coming out. I've already pre-ordered it and I'm thrilled. I cannot wait to get my hands on it because it looks like it's going to be fabulous. Do you mind sharing with listeners a little bit about that? You already had one show come out, Cheap Old Houses. It was your road trip, which that was, gosh, was that during COVID or was part of the pandemic? Um, and it was so nice to have something like that show come out. It was fun to watch. But what is coming with your new show? So our new show is a different format. We'll be helping people get started with a restoration of their houses. It's due to be on HGTV in uh, spring 2024. 
Um, so we have already shot a pilot episode and we will be shooting seven more episodes over the summer. Um, I think the, you know, the interesting thing about all the things we do, we have our book, we have our Instagram feed. It's all sort of different ways of showing people how they can be inspired by cheap old houses. The book is very, um, the book is very slow. It's very serious. It's very sort of meditative. And I, I, you know, we really wrote it as like a giant hug and permission slip to just love your house, take your time with that kind of thing. TV is a completely different format. So there, there has to be sort of like a quick before and after transformation. And so our approach Absolutely. to that, yeah, so our approach to that is like, you know, let's do the things that we can do rather quickly in this house, but obviously save the big things that are that are going to take more time for later. So we've really worked out a way to make that happen. Um, but also nobody should believe that everything you see on TV is like possible in the real world. Um, but it's it's fun that we have the opportunity and we're given network support and some network funding to be able to really help people get get their foot in the door with these old houses. And we re feel really fortunate that that's uh, a possibility that and that we can help people. And we're having a lot of fun um, casting this show and the, the, the variety of houses that are going to be on is just absolutely wonderful. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm so excited to have an opportunity on television because I just don't see this that much to, to show people that you do not have to gut your house in order to like make it wonderful and livable. And HGTV has given us the opportunity to explore that and show people. So I'm super, we're super excited about it. Um, and then where was I going with this? Oh, and then just our, you know, our Instagram feed is sort of about just like finding, finding cheap old houses. So we're, I think like we can kind of come at this from so many different angles and, and, and we're really lucky. You say on like your website that we're being sold the wrong American dream of having to have millions, you know, have a million dollar house or a $500,000 house, but making it obtainable for anyone. You just have to be maybe a little creative, but knowing that there is this opportunity in these old houses to buy it for a lower price and then put money into it. And still really on the back end of things, you have saved a lot of money over time because you're not spending the money on, you know, that mortgage that, um, that you end up getting stuck with. What would you give for anyone who is inspired by you leaning into your interests. This is, I kind of want listeners to, to kind of have a takeaway for themselves and a passion. What would you give as advice when it comes to leaning into something that they're interested in or becoming their own entrepreneur, um, following their dream? Are there any words of wisdom or advice? Because I imagine that you have, you have days where things are overwhelming and I'm, I don't know about you, but sometimes I have days where it's like, what am I doing? Is this really worth it? Am I making an impact? Um, how do you keep going as well? I would say just do it. You absolutely will have days where you feel like that. You might not have your perfect business plan. You just have to start it. I I think I struggle with being a bit of a perfectionist. And um, Ethan is more, he's always in my ear saying, Elizabeth, done is better than good. Get it mm -hmm done. Just get it out there. Start putting it out there. If it's not perfect, you'll get that feedback. You can shift it. You can shape it. As long as it's in your life and it's something you love, just keep at it. I think that a lot of people quit businesses too soon 
um, or not even businesses, just, just make this your creative outlet for, for a hot second, for a year, for two years and figure it out. I think just put yourself out there and don't be afraid to. I know that probably sounds very cliche, but it's people who quit too early that I think are a problem. There is absolutely no way that your business is going to take off in month four or month three. It's just, it's never going to happen. <laughs> and if you just know that and understand it and keep plugging away, that's the way to go. I think with social media, people get very hung up on like the immediacy of like, did they get a lot of likes? Did it get a lot of comments? Social media yes. is a long game. It's about building trust of your audience over time so that in eight years you can say something and they'll listen to you. It's not about your post today or tomorrow or boosting that post or whatever kind of feedback you're getting in the moment. That's important and you should listen to it, but it's really, these things are all a long game and it's just the people who don't quit that end up making it, I think. Well, I can't thank you enough for being on the podcast today. Can you share with listeners, what is the best way to connect with you, find cheap old houses, become one of the newest members of your community for those who aren't already? Absolutely. And thank you for giving me this opportunity to say that. Uh, we are uh, at Cheap Old Houses on Instagram and Facebook, um, cheapoldhouses.com. If you'd like to become a subscription member, we offer subscription newsletters specific to cheap old farmhouses, cheap old houses abroad, ultra cheap old houses, and cheap-ish old houses, which are a little more expensive, but maybe in more expensive parts of the country. Um, and you can do that at cheapoldhouses.com slash subscribe. You can pre-order our book at cheapoldhouses.com slash book or watch our television show on HGTV in spring 2024. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for your time. I look forward to seeing you on TV and around Cheap Old Houses. Thank you, Dan. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you will rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast and share with those you know. If you'd like to see more of what life is like out here in the middle, you can find me on Instagram at farmhousestoryteller or head to my website, farmhousestoryteller.com.